Good morning. Good morning. I'm Curtis. I'm Ben. And we're going to do something super nostalgic this morning. Who can sing every line to Full House? The opening theme song of Full House. The series that we're in is wow, called... Wow, there's no hands up. None. Just a phase. That's so don't crazy. miss it. Full House, Family Matters, these were uh, part of my phase growing up. So we're going to roll some music. We're going to try singing along. Hayden told us intentionally not to prepare, um, not to uh, memorize anything. So we're going to sing confidently the words that we think. And any lines of ambiguity, we're going to pause the video. And then we're going to see if you guys know what the words are. Super confidently. Let's... uh, and I want video. everyone to sing as loud as they can, as confidently as they can, all of the all of the lyrics as we all memorize them and know them. Because I do know these. Oh, I got it for sure. Alright, guys ready? Here we go. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. We all know it, right? Here it is. Well, Well, there must be some magic clue inside these simple walls. Gentle, gentle, gentle holes. Simple walls. What do you think? Simple or gentle? Gentle. Simple. Gentle walls. All right. Sing it. Play the the video. Let's see. Must be some magic walls. Here we go. It's the simple life of, of the, the family. Love. Did you say love? I said simple love. Simple life. Simple love. Life. All right, roll it. Love. It's the bigger, oh, bigger love. Bigger love. So, you were way off. Next one, we'll see if we can do a better job. We all know it. We've all now Fuller House is on, so we've got a refresh. There you go. Whatever happened to the incivility? I I said incivility. That word. The instability. Whatever happened to you, the instability? How about the next part? The milkman, the paperboy, the He-Man TV. Did you say He-Man TV? <laughs> I heard him say He-Man TV. When I was a kid, it made sense. Right. I still don't know. <laughs> All right, let's see where we're at. He-Man TV. Let's see where we're at. Whatever happened to you, oh, predictability. The milkman, the paperboy. Hey, not too bad. He-Man TV. What did you say? I said something about a phone. What the first part? Lying in bed. Lying in bed. Waiting for someone to carry you home. Yeah. Roll what? it. On the phone. Oh, right oh, no. There's no bed. Right, this next one is one that there's no excuses. You all need to stand up, get some energy in the room. Every one of you knows every word of this song. I guarantee you, if you do not. 
No pauses. Hayden, You're come up and know. sing Hayden, it with us. Hayden, we need you up here for this. Every one of us is ready for this. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I came to prison with a town called Bel Air. Where's he from? He's from West Philly. West Here we go. Got it. Here we go. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys, they were up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said fresh and had a dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought now I forget it. Your home's a Bel-Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cab of your home, smell it! Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there! Sit on my throne as the French of Bel Air. Oh yeah, that's the move right there. Great job, guys! Hey, good, job, good job, guys! Go 90s. <laughs> hey man, that was pretty good. A lot of you guys know the words. Give yourself a hand. That was awesome. So, what do you think, Tim? You feeling any of that? Hey, try another mic. Straight up brought me back to my childhood, for <laughs> sure. I was cracking up. Jordan was about your age. I don't know. She's saying, oh, my gosh, it's so nostalgic. I, like, don't know any of those words. Anybody like me? <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Tim Keister. Give it up for Tim. Come on. Show him some love. By the way, it's just fun, isn't it, to come to church and kind of have fun? That was fun. I thought it was a blast. Absolutely. So anyway, Tim leads our high school and middle school ministry here, and he's got a couple announcements for us. Let us know. Awesome. Well, today at 4.30, we were supposed to go down to Troy campus for Breakaway United, got bumped back supposed to next to. Sunday. Weather uh, kind of did a little turn on that. But Breakaway United is going to be a worship night at the Troy campus. We're busting down. It's going to be a lot like this, but straight for middle schoolers, a lot of games, a lot of excitement. The next month, on the 9th through the 10th, we have the all-night party, and we're going to leave here, go to Orient Campus. From there, we go to Legacy Center, where they got go-karts, Sweet. pools, virtual reality, and then Dave and & Buster's. So you must be there. Got to be there. Sign up. Awesome. Okay, so if you've got kids, man, get them here. It's going to be fun. Thanks, Tim. Come on up, guys. Um, another really cool thing that we've got going uh, at Kensington, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's called Simply Alive, um, and it's... You guys already know, and apparently somebody loves it. Uh, but Simply Alive is, is basically a, a group where we learn how to read the Bible and how to have it impact your life. So, Christine, I mean, this has been a passion of yours for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. And I was so excited um, when I learned um, how to study God's Word for myself and to really get into it. I couldn't wait um, when I joined staff to share it with the Kensington community. Um, it is a, uh, a process that takes you deep into God's Word. It, it gives you an opportunity to pray and read and meditate and then brings you to a point where you can really understand the message God has for you personally and then to take that message and go out and apply it um, and ask the Lord, how do you want me to use this and to spiritually grow and to draw you closer to Jesus Christ himself? Yeah. I did it. Uh, <laughs> 
I did it a couple years um, ago. I started hearing about it, uh, about people doing this course with Christine. And then I took the course, um, and it was pretty life-changing for me because I had already been reading the Bible, um, but this gave me a structure in a way that by the end of this process, I was seeing the Lord speaking to me specifically on things that were very meaningful to me that nobody else was teaching me. We didn't have another book. We just had the Bible, and I was reading it and putting the pieces together. It felt like magic. All of a sudden, like, things were making sense and, like— the the god of the universe was saying things that were just for me anyway we've got a few different groups yes. yeah so yeah they've got five groups right yes. that are going to start next week starting the week of the 18th tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays um if you have questions and you should some of you should be wondering curious about this see these guys at starting point table right in the lobby afterwards you can find out how to get signed up yes. or how to get signed up online um but this is i have heard Curtis's story, I can't tell you how many times people were like, they took this, oh my gosh, we're shocked at, at what happened. And so this is a great opportunity. So give it up for Christine and Curtis. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. So today, um, as you already kind of picked up from the beginning, we're starting a new series and it's called, it's just a phase, don't miss it. And this series was basically inspired from a couple guys down in Atlanta who really cared about developing families spiritually. Um, and they came up with this concept called orange. And orange was developed by saying, if you took the two colors, red and yellow together, they make orange. Red was representative of the heart of the family. And so obviously the family is the core unit that's going to raise our children. Moms and dads, we're the primary teachers and trainers of our kids, right? The heart of the family. But they said there's another component that's powerful and important. And they use the color yellow to describe the light that the church can bring. Okay, so this family of followers of Jesus that come together, that can partner. And they said, when those two colors, when those two units come together, that's when it really gets powerful. And they call that orange. And so that's kind of where we're going to be heading today. And I just thought if we could start, I just would love to just pray with you um, and ask God to meet us as we begin this new topic. Okay, Lord, thank you so much. Uh, just really for an opportunity to come get through the snow and just laugh a little bit. It's been so fun already this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to do that with you. Um, and I'm glad that you love laughter. Um, God, I also know that our families mean, you know, so much to us and it's difficult and it's meaningful. And sometimes, uh, we feel like I just don't know what move to make next. And so I'm praying that today that you would speak to us and maybe the paradigms that just aren't working for us anymore could be shattered a bit by you and that you would give us hope um, and some tools to step into the thing that we love most, our kids. So we just invite you to speak to us in a really powerful way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a song uh, that the middle school and high school kids are kind of singing quite a bit now at our gatherings all across this Kensington movement. And it's called Wild and Crazy. And one of the things that you need to know is that if you've seen anything good from Kensington, maybe this is your first time here and you kind of heard something that seemed like it was kind of okay or whatever. Uh, Certainly anything you've ever seen uh, or that comes out of me that's good comes from one origin. All of it, all of it comes from uh, the heart of God that is an incredible loving heart towards you. So many, so many of us grew up in a, in a setting, maybe it was even a church setting, where it didn't feel like God loved us. 
but the truth is he does. And so we just want to begin today kind of restating that truth that God is crazy about you. He's crazy about you. He's never going to give up on you. He's going to be there forever. No matter, that's good news, isn't it? So we thought that'd be fun. Would you guys stand up again and uh, let's just join Hayden and the gang and, and really sing out these amazing truths about God's love for us. darkest hour with freedom sparkling in your eyes my shadows fled the darkest night what once was dead came back Stop. 
it doesn't end Your love is for me It's not against me It doesn't stop It doesn't end We're going to do a song that we've done a lot around here. It's called Shine a Light, and and we're going to revisit this at the end. So if you're new with us and you don't know the words, this will be a good time just to be able to hear this and sing along. Here we go. Waking up to another life, no more sorrow and no more night. You're the light, let it shine now, let it shine now. Burning bright, cause we're not ashamed. Got a world to illuminate. You're the light, let it shine now, let it shine now. Alright, here we go, let's sing this out.
invite you guys just to stand. Well, you guys are already standing. Just turn to someone around you, say hey, tell them what's up. And if you guys are on the ends, could you please scoot together just so that for people that are coming in late, they can take those aisle seats. All right. She took her first step. Have a great day, sweetie. I hope she'll be okay. Oh, she'll be fine. All right, hold still, honey. Here we go. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's take a look. Oh, it's not too bad. Just a scratch. I think she needs stitches. Stop. I know, I know. I'm so sorry, honey. Girls can be mean. Be careful. And remember, everyone out there is an idiot. Ugh. Oh, honey, you look so beautiful. What's his name? Seriously? Oh, look at you. My goodness. Honey, we're really proud of you. Okay, you're going to do great. I'll FaceTime you around four every day. <laughs> we'll see about that. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll I'll be fine. It just went so fast. I know. I know. Yeah, I could hear you guys kind of laughing at some of those moments because you've all had them, haven't you? I mean, Callie and I, there's not one of those we haven't had multiple times, you know, in our time with our kids. Um, this is a picture of my family. A lot of you have seen this one before, but, and it's a ton of kids. And with four of them grown up and out of the house now, man, I've been through that season, this phase after phase after phase, and it's a big deal. Um, what's amazing for our family, and some of you have heard me say this, but now for seven years, what we've been doing is we've been meeting together on Friday nights. Um, back about seven years ago when we adopted our two youngest, um, my four older kids came to us and said, hey, listen, we really would love to be part of these kids' lives, really want to know them. Would it be okay with you if we hosted a family dinner night on Friday nights? And we said, oh, man, that'd be awesome. So see, I thought Thanksgiving happened on Thursday. Anybody there thought it would happen? It happens on Fridays. And we figure that we've had like 350 Thanksgiving meals at our house, but it's been amazing and it's crazy at the same time. I mean, we've got kid bop music playing in one room. We've got ping pong tournaments going down in the basement every Friday night. We've got little kids running around, everybody's screaming. Little Hayden, he's like two years old, whapped into our new foster child of Lindy has of just a few weeks. And he and Gabriella just went whap and fell over on the floor. I mean, this is people screaming. It's crazy. And I mean, I, I love it and I get done. And I just, I'm ready to just fall over. I'm so tired. But I'll tell you this you know this too, right? With your kids, you're going to blink and they're going to be gone. And it's happened to me four times. I got four kids, I blinked, and they're out of the house. 
Did you know that you have 396 weeks with your kid, birth to graduation? 396 weeks. Parents, when you're in the thick of it, and this is how I feel on Friday night sometimes, right? You go, this is just a phase, and I need to get through it as soon as possible. Anybody relate to that? I remember when Jordan, and she's sitting back uh, doing our service right now, she's producing, when she was a brand new baby, she's our first child, she got colic real bad. Anybody experience that one? I mean, I'm not exaggerating either. From 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she'd start screaming, like screaming, and until like midnight. And this happened every day. This was our first kid. I thought, if I can just make it through this phase. And then we had another daughter. You heard of terrible twos? Yeah. You guys are out there? Anybody have ter- terrible twos? Well, we didn't really get terrible twos, but this is what we did get. We got terrible talking. It never stopped. <laughs> Anybody with girls, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it never stopped. I'm in the car, and I am not exaggerating. Everywhere we went, Jordan and Lindy sang the entire time. Didn't matter if it was a 15-minute trip to McDonald's or a 10-hour trip to somewhere else. It was singing and talking nonstop all the time. Unbelievable. Then we got to teenage years. Do I need to say anything about that? No. <laughs> I said, no, you don't have to. And I was thinking, if I can just get through this phase, I'd be an empty nester. And then I looked at my situation and I go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be an empty nester. You know what I'm saying? But we think that we've got to get through this phase. But here's the deal when you can pull out above the trees and kind of survey for and take a deep breath, right? You can say, this is just the phase. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what's going on in those little collisions in my living room on Friday night because it's a beautiful thing. It's crazy, but it's beautiful. If you took those 396 weeks, and some people have done this before, you may want to do this. I don't know if you've heard this illustration before, but if you think if you took and had a marble for each one of those, okay, each one of those weeks, and you put them in this jar, and every week, you would take one out, okay? 936 marbles. I'll tell you what, when that jar starts to get down to here, when they're like a sophomore, junior, senior in high school, you're like, oh my gosh. Because, right, when you can see how much time you have left, you tend to do a lot more with the time you got. How many of you read the book? This came out, I don't know, maybe five or ten years ago, The Last Lecture. It was kind of a big seller. Anybody remember that one? It was written by a guy named Randy Posh. He was a science professor at uh, Carnegie Mellon. And he was asked, like a lot of professors are, to kind of give a last lecture near the end of their career, right? And so what was unique about his lecture that he gave was right before that he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so it really changed the tone, as you can imagine, of his lecture. Put a lot more weight behind it. And this is kind of what happened. He talked about the importance, not not of dying. It wasn't about a dying. It was about the importance of overcoming obstacles, of enabling the dreams in others, right? Getting behind others. Seizing every moment, right? And then he wrote this. He says, because time is all you have. And you may find one day that you have less time than you think. And Jeremiah is going to jump. We're going to really talk about the time thing specifically next week. But I want to just say, where do we start in parenting our kids? With this little amount of time, this phase that we've got. And I would suggest to you, if you're serious about pouring into your kids and it having a spiritual weight to it, 
a spiritual connection with God, then we need to think with a kingdom mentality. Andy Stanley said this. I think it's great. He says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God, talking about what's great in this world, your greatest contribution, what, may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Isn't that true? It can really be true. A lot of times, I know, especially as a dad and the primary, you know, wage earner in my home, I'm like, I think so much about what I'm doing, what I'm accomplishing, and that may not be near as important, and I think Andy's dead on on this one. It's going to be more important about those kids that I raise. So your, your role as a parent is probably the most important thing that you do, and you know that, and you can feel the weight of that, right? The key question, I think a lot of parents don't think about enough, I'm one, I don't think about this enough, is what kind of an adult do I want my kid to become? What kind of an adult really do I want them to become? Because I think we kind of have the no-brainer kind of answer, just kind of comes out. We want my kid to be, you know, um, well-educated, want to be well-rounded, happy, successful, I mean, those are things that come to mind real quick, and I've heard people say it a hundred times, but Dave Wilson uh, did a great job on, on working as our lead writer for this series along with Patrick Holden out in Traverse City, and I just resonated so much with their notes, and I wanted to take their thoughts on these because I thought it was brilliant. And you just want to think about this. Think about well-rounded, okay? <clears throat> you, want, you, you think, I want to give them all sorts of opportunities, exposure to things, well-educated, I mean, college for sure, maybe beyond, happy. I want my kids to have more than what I had. I don't want them to feel pain in this world. Successful, to be financially secure, right? So how much do those really matter? Here, here's, here's an interesting thought. Think about those of you who hire people in your work. When I hire somebody and I think about well-rounded, I'm not really looking for well-rounded so much. I'm really looking for somebody that's really good at something, specifically, Right? How about well-educated? I'm telling you, when I'm hiring, character trumps education every time for me. Every time. Happy? A pursuit of happiness alone as the pinnacle of my pursuit can get us into all sorts of trouble. You play that out. We had a series called Crave that we just finished, right? Trying, a lot of us, trying to be happy and pursuing things that, that couldn't bring it for us. Successful? Here's a definition of success. Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? Well-rounded, well-educated, happy, successful, okay? And yet lose his own soul. So it's really interesting. We have to understand what is it that we want our kids to become. And I'm going to suggest to you just one example of what a parenting mission might look like from another pastor. His name is Craig Groeschel. This is a little take on it. We tweaked it a little bit. But how about this? Instead, to train and release, okay? So to train, pour into them and release, identity-based, I'm going to unpack these in a minute, identity-based, Christ-centered, Bible gps how's that word for you? And culture shifters, culture shifters. Okay, let's unpack this. Identity-based. Jeremiah and I talk about this every week, that unless we really get ourselves grounded in who we are, we're going to spend the rest of our life striving to become worth something in our own eyes and in the eyes of others. It's going to be a performance trap. Okay, unless we realize that in Christ, 
I am accepted as his child fully, not based on my behavior or performance. He loves me as I am. That's my identity. The Christ-centered part is where Jesus becomes the center of everything. Instead of me being the center of everything. You know I've talked about before going to good funerals and bad funerals. Bad funerals are the ones when you do when the guy was all about him. And everybody sits there and rolls their eyes the whole time. Nobody says anything. Good funerals are people who had their life centered in something other than themselves. Christ-centered. Focused on what is right. We receive our power from him and let that overflow into others. Bible gps This is an interesting way you know what it means. All it's saying is we believe one of the values at Kensington is under Scripture. That I voluntarily would do something that is really whacked out in our culture. It seems, just doesn't seem like we should be doing this at all. It's not popular, okay? But to say I'm going to place myself under what Scripture says. So that when I come across things that are happening, what the polls are saying what this generation is doing, what's popular, I can look at that and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling, and I can weigh that against something that is timeless and that is true and right. We in this place really believe that the Bible can be trusted as that kind of a guide for us. So Bible GPS and a culture shifter. Not somebody that's going to fall to peer pressure and try to fit in with everybody else, but somebody who knows who they are uniquely in Christ and has the courage to step in to bring the kingdom of God to this earth. Peace, joy, love, purpose, courage, honesty, integrity. All those beautiful things that all of us are all about. So isn't that different? That's a little different than, hey man, I just want my kids to be happy. Right? So let's just say it together. Say, would you just... Do this with me. Let's just say it real quick. Train and release, identity-based, Christ-centered, Bible gps culture shifters. Now that's a big calling. And it's exciting on one hand and it freaks you out on the other. You're like, how in the world am I going to do that? So let's just unpack how we can do that a little bit and hopefully put a couple tools uh, in your tool belt today. I want to start off by reading a, a verse of scripture that's very popular and it's the corners, it's the heart of the Jewish culture. And it's called the Shema. And, it's, and it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it's written by Moses. And these are God's word to Moses to say, hey, in chapter 5, by the way, uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, all that stuff, right? Those Ten Commandments. And then he says, I want you to take these commandments, pay attention to them, and so this is the verse that, that again, the, like the Jewish people have taken and said, they pray this every day, right? And this is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And some of you will recognize that Jesus said the same thing. When asked by one of the religious leaders what the most important commandment was, Jesus said, it is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Sound familiar? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Jesus added, with all your mind and with all your strength. And then he went on and said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love God, love others. Jesus said that is what's important. Now, how do we do this? 
And how do we take this and, and, and build this into our kids? And then Deuteronomy continues. Okay, so this is back to chapter 6. God says, impress them on your children. He's talking about these commandments. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The word is impress. It means this isn't something that you should just be memorizing or something that you should read when you go to church, but this is something that is impressed on your heart. It's built into the very core of who you are, okay? And he says to teach your children, okay? Put these everywhere. So it's, it's not like, uh, like a lot of us would say, you know what, I really love Kensington. Maybe you don't, maybe you do, but if you do, you're, you're here, so you must like it to some degree. But you could say, you know what? I love going to church on Sunday. But then when I walk out of here, it's like my connection to Jesus is very different. This verse is saying there is no Sunday religious experience, right? It's a spirituality that continues every day, every minute of my life. So God is saying this is the secret to how we're going to develop these world changers in our kids. Okay, not just kids that are happy, quote, successful. Here's here's three thoughts that I want to share with you that I think could really help you. And they've been helpful for me just to review again. Recruit an army. Recruit an army. You know what the first three words are? Hear, O Israel. Israel was a nation. It wasn't hear parents or hear dads. What I want you to do, it's here, O Israel. The idea that it takes a tribe to raise a child. You've heard that phrase? It's really true. See, one of the things I was saying before, it's very exhilarating to think about what our calling is with our kids, but at the same time, it just kind of freaks you out, right? So I don't know how to do this. But you were not made to do it alone. Thus, this orange that we were talking about, the red, the heart of the family combined with the yellow, the light of this community, this church community, coming together to be something brilliant that's different, orange and powerful, okay? I don't know if you know this, but you have about 3,000 hours in a year that you're going to spend with your kids, about 3,000 hours. If you came to church regularly, you might have 30 or 40 hours here. But we really believe that if you will combine those together, there's something magical that can happen. Here's some obvious things that you, I just want to make sure that you're taking advantage of. The K-Kids program, okay, birth to fifth grade is amazing, happening down the hallway. It's a great partner with you. That's their whole mission, is to partner with you parents on how to raise kids. Tim was up here. I brought him up here because I just wanted you to see him. But he's leading our middle school and our high school kids in amazing uh, events, small groups, discussions where they're talking about things that really matter in life, getting honest and real together. Um, Small groups. This was one example of a small group, Simply Alive. It's how to read scripture. Celebrate recovery. Okay? For those of us that are trying to get out of those hurts and those habits or addictions that have kind of wounded us, right? Other groups are men's focus group, marriage groups. There's all kinds for all ages. Retreats. I just want you to know, every one of my uh, adult kids, there was a time when they were going along life, went to a retreat at Kensington, 
came back and they were on a different trajectory. Not every retreat, but there was a retreat somewhere that it's like they had a major breakthrough with Jesus. Those are amazing things to go on. Not just for kids. Smash for women once a year, right? Man up for men. Can't tell you how many people's lives have radically changed because of a retreat. Mission trips. I, I don't know. Again, I would just say, if you haven't had the opportunity to go on a mission trip with one of our global partners, you've got to put that on your bucket list. You've got to do it. I'm telling you, it will change your life when you get out of this culture and experience God doing something in people that are so different from us. So those are just really cool ways that are happening in the church. Here's what I want to camp on just for a minute. One of the, I think, probably the biggest benefit for being in this Kensington family for so long for Callie and I, and we have seven kids, right? My biggest benefit from this is the mentors that my kids have had because Callie and I are not enough. Not enough for our kids. I'm gonna just real quick run down my kids and I could, and by the way, I could do several people per kid. I'm just gonna pick one. Jordan, who's my oldest, one of the women that has totally changed her life is Betsy Proper. She's been a long-term family member of ours loves Jesus with all of her heart. There is, I'm just telling you, I've shared uh, her story before, but there, everybody that meets Betsy, they think she's her best, their best friend. It's really weird. She has like 400 best friends because her love is never ending. It's so beautiful and so selfless. It totally impacted Jordan. My second daughter, Lindy, Shauna Konzeman came in as the dance director of our fine art school a long time ago and Lindy was like in middle school. And because of her expertise, and her love and her character. I mean, she's one of the best leaders I've ever seen combined with one of the kindest. I mean, totally changed Lindy's life. My son, Kenny, walking next to Dan Sadler when he was in middle school, who was a big risk taker for God, huge in his life. Davy, right now is in an internship at Kensington. Drew Daniels, who leads the 1829 ministry, has reignited and kindled him a passion to follow Christ at any expense. I mean, all in kind of stuff. Davy's just burning now, and a lot of that's because of hanging out with Drew Daniels. Hope. When we started this campus, there was a woman I met in the lobby, didn't know her, said, hey, I'm Mark. She said, hi, I'm Christine. So, hey, why are you here at Kensington? How'd you get here? And she goes, I have no idea. I was at another church. God told me to come. I don't know why, but I'm here. That's exactly what she said to me. As it turned out, I think one of the main reasons she was here was to be a mentor to my daughter, Hope. It's unbelievable what an impact Christine has made. One of the sharpest, most positive, beautiful, selfless women I've ever met. She's connected with my daughter, Hope. Judy Wright with Jaden. Jaden's my eight-year-old. Jaden, for the first year of her life, was touch and go if she's going to live. And Judy loved her back to life. With the help of the medical community, they found out Jaden didn't have a pancreas. She's one of 13 kids in the world, survived that condition. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's so rare. But Judy, Mama Judy, has a place in Jaden's heart that Callie and I can never have and shouldn't. She brings something so rich to her. Michael, you remember Betsy Proper for Jordan? Well, Dave Proper, he's about 70 years old. That guy comes over, grabs Michael. Dave's the kind of guy, overalls, pickup truck, let's go kill something. You know, he's just, and Michael and him have a great time. We never, we don't even ask what they did, you know. We don't want to know. But these people have changed my kids' lives. And I just want to say to you in the room, some of you are underestimating the impact and the role that God's calling you to play in a child's life. 
Somewhere in that spectrum. Somewhere in that phase. Maybe it's a kid who's three. Maybe it's a 13-year-old. Maybe it's a college student. And you're wired perfectly like Betsy and Dave and Dan and Judy and all these people that are pouring into my kids. My kids are radically different as a result. And so from both sides of that, I just want to encourage you, if God's nudging you to step in and be a role model, a mentor to somebody, step in. I'm so thankful that that these seven people have done that for my kids. And I want you to know there's somebody out there for your kids in this place. There are people out there, great people, wired perfectly to step into your kids' unique journey. I believe that with all my heart. It's orange. Man, I carried away on that one. So that's recruit an army. See if I can go fast with these next ones. Raise the bar. Raise the bar. Kids are not just kids. You'll hear me say that a lot. We underestimate the heart of our kids and what they're capable of. Elementary kids and our K kids and that Kaleo program come up. They're leading worship. They're not just up here being cute. They're like worshiping. They're writing songs. Our elementary kids, I was just talking to Skylar, the drinkers, their daughter's fourth or fifth grade, can't remember, something like that, fourth. And, and she felt God was putting on her heart to, to, to raise money, to get clothes and school supplies for people that need it and all of her stuff. She's been collecting for months, got sent with these three women to Africa. And, and it's blessing all those, those kids in Africa right now. That, you didn't have anything to do with that vision. That came from God to Skylar's heart. Okay? Kids are meant to do amazing things. Jesus put incredible value on kids. He said, unless you become like a kid, he says, you can't even enter the kingdom of heaven. What? And we treat them like annoyances, you know? And sometimes they are. But don't miss the power that's in a kid. It's amazing. Let's talk about our older kids for a minute. High school kids. I remember Steve Norman who taught the high school ministry or was, led the high school ministry for Kensington for a lot of years. He said, Mark, you know why kids don't want to go to church? Why they don't want to do high school ministries? It's not worth their life. It's not worth their life. He didn't say it's not worth their time. It's not worth their life. It's not big enough. It doesn't require enough. We expect our teenagers, you know, this is about, sometimes they're like, well, I just hope they go to school and don't, you know, skip out and don't get pregnant. Maybe they'll make their bed. That'd be awesome, right? It's not enough. We're not asking enough. Jeremiah and I are dreaming of a high school ministry where the kids are driving the small groups, where they're inviting their friends and the people that they know that, and don't know God to come in and be the group and they lead it with a mentor beside them, but it's all on them. You know, in Avondale High School and their leadership development program there, their kids developed an orphanage in Africa, funded it, raised the funds for it, ran it, the whole thing without adult help. High school kids. We're selling our kids short. They're, graded for, they're, they're made and created for something amazing. Jack, uh, J- Jake Spicer, Jeremiah talked about it last year. He's a senior uh, and goes to our campus. And he's leading a Simply Alive group for other high school students. He's a high school kid. And he's leading a study on how to meet God. 
in that. Zoe, McKenna, up on our stage leading worship. They're not just good singers. They're leading this congregation in worship week after week. Caitlin Harvey's a young lady in her early 20s. Uh, she was in school, felt God calling her heart. We brought her up on stage a couple of months ago. She went to a, a very dangerous and hostile environment in Asia to be an underground sharer of Jesus to people. She's 24 years old. She's just this cute little hipster girl, you know. But she's got a vision. She was created for something great. I want to play a uh, video for you guys. And now, ushers, if you'd come down, and we're going to take our offering right now. And uh, this is just, gosh, I mean, I, I love this part of the service because it's a chance, to, again, to say, um, and we're going to talk about this in my next point, but as parents leading our kids into spiritual things where we, by our actions, have a chance to, to prove what is most valuable to us. I remember Steve Andrews, he's the leader of Kensington, our, our, our whole movement, him saying, he goes, he was talking to me once, he goes, Mark, I'm telling you, if you want to know who's all in, just look at somebody's checkbook. Because, and your kids know. Your kids know. We're going to talk about that next point. But that's why I love this, because you guys are saying, I'm in. I'm living open-handedly for something greater than myself. So let's watch this video. This is a video of some Kensington middle school and high school students talking about the role their parents plays in their life. pray that you give us the words to speak through us and to the people who are going to watch this video. And just be a testimony of what you've done in their life. So we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Cool. Take one. Why don't you guys share a little bit about how you guys met um, became so close? We text, we call, we Snapchat, a social media, man. <laughs> Bonded a lot, worshiped together. Yeah, uh, when... We're worshiping at Edge. He'll, he'll be sitting down struggling. I'm like, I got you. God's with you. And all that stuff. And we're just there for each other ever since then. He's just a brother who's got my back. He's the brother who's got my back. That's awesome. So how do you feel like you're, like what you learned with your families or through Edge and Breakaway like set you up to really bring your faith outside of church? Yeah, Breakaway and Edge is such a place where you just walk in and you're safe and it's literally like my second home and my <laughs> lifelong friends like my best friends are from edge like that I met and built relationships with and everyone who goes are just real and like yeah. they they want to, they care about you like you'll walk in and you'll be alone and someone from edge will be like hey come sit with me my friends like and I couldn't encourage you more to just go for it so one of the small group leaders at, at Edge, um, I met with her towards the beginning of the year, and she was talking about how when you get to college, there's one of two outcomes. Either you continue to follow Christ, or you fall off and you fall into the ways of the world. And I think that just like really shifted my perspective, and I was like, wow, like I only want to like follow Christ. Can you guys like recall maybe a specific moment um, 
at home with mom and dad or the family where like you really saw your parents leading you to Jesus and helping your relationship with God. My parents came to this church because of the K-Rock program that was here and that was the year my parents almost got a divorce actually so it was super hard for my family. You know my parents like definitely could have taken the easy way out and like left each other but the service that was going on, like the message that they heard was like in a marriage, like you gotta fight for one another and you gotta fight for your family. Like sometimes it's gonna be hard. Like my family isn't perfect. Like we have our issues a lot, but because like we have God, we have like a foundation. In sixth grade, my father passed away and that was probably the hardest times for me, seventh and sixth grade. That's when I really started to like think about thoughts of suicide and my mom stayed really, really strong while I got really low. And she would take she would take me to church every Sunday morning and talk about every single day how God is great and why he will never leave you no matter what, even at your lowest times. So what would you say to like families or students um, of kind of the importance of creating God at the center of your family environment? Well, what me and my family do is before dinner we pray and we read a little bit of scripture. And I think that that's also really important because it's just a time that our whole family can connect and talk about God, which really doesn't happen because we're all so busy. I wouldn't be here without my parents. I wouldn't be at this church. I wouldn't even believe in God without my parents. And to think of that, it's pretty insane because my, like your parents have such a huge impact on who you are like as a person and who you become and there's so much importance and like pouring into your kid and letting them know how loved they are and how much Jesus loves them too. Gosh, it's such a, an amazing privilege and a responsibility, isn't it? Um, so I just want to share with you uh, one last point, because if we're raising kids that we want to be identity-based and Christ-centered and Bible, GPS, and culture shifters, right? Then I would say this would be my third point. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. You could feel it in those kids, couldn't you? When Trin started talking about her parents struggling, um, how much was at stake for her and for their decision to put Jesus at the center, right? It was a big deal. Be the person you want your child to become. Be the person you want them to become. And believe me, if you're nervous about the church thing, look, your kid doesn't want a church, mom and dad. They want somebody that's filled with the love of Christ, mom and dad. If you want your kids to run, yeah, just put a whole bunch of rules at them. You figured that out yet? Just slap down a whole bunch of rules and hold them to that. They'll love that. So that's not what I'm talking about. Follow Jesus with all your heart. Here's three things I'm going to end with. This has been, Callie and I have talked about this. This is huge because we're not perfect parents. Trin said her family's got issues. Yeah, <laughs> so do we. We got a lot of them. Here's three things. Be real. Be real. Be honest with your kids. The good, the bad, and especially the ugly. Just be real about it. Guess what? They know anyway, Right? But if you can admit to it and be real, there's this unbelievable release for them. And they aren't held to an artificial standard that you didn't even mean to put, that, put on them, potentially, right? Be real with your kids. Walk in faith. 
Walk in faith. And I, I chose those words because to walk in faith means a step, a step into a place of the unknown with God, putting your trust in him, taking steps that are going to cost you something or stepping into the unknown to do what is right and by following Jesus in this, it's unbelievable. That's where the Deuteronomy thing comes in. Jesus saying, these commandments that I give you today are to be where? In your heart. In other words, in your soul, in your decision making. Okay? Walk in faith. Let me just ask you a couple questions. Have you responded to the promptings in your soul, in your conscience? Is there something you know you're supposed to be doing, but you've just been holding off? We've all been there. Are you stepping into community? Do you have a mentor and accountability in your life? So you cannot lead your kid to a place you have not tasted. You can't do it. Are you facing your vices, your cravings? Are you getting out from underneath the bondage of that? Is your career, your money, that's why I talked about it in the offering, your marriage, is it under Jesus' control? Because your kids know. Or is it yours? And nobody touches it. Walk in faith. And lastly, forgive and ask forgiveness. I'm telling you, I don't know if there's anything more important. Jordan, you could tell me afterwards, but man, we've messed up a lot. But I remember when you were a kid, maybe the only thing I did right was to admit it and say, I'm really sorry when I really hurt you and the other kids. That is so huge. If you haven't done that because you don't feel like you can because you have to be perfect, no, you're not perfect. Admit it. Say you're sorry and give your kids forgiveness and grace as they're going through this life. It's hard. It's hard being human. Forgive and ask forgiveness. You can raise great kids with Jesus behind you. And I would just say for yourself, think orange. Your heart and the hearts of those in this family, in this community, in this tribe. Think orange for yourself. And with your kids, think orange, right? The heart of your family for them and the heart of this community entangled together in every venue, every, every day, every week, this power working together. I'd love to ask you to do something with me. Would you guys stand? I want you to read with me Deuteronomy. And when you leave today, we actually have a, a decal, so just a little decal like this, and it's got Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 on it. And I would encourage you maybe stick that somewhere. Is there just one of those things like Jesus saying, hey, put it on your doorpost. I don't think he didn't literally mean doorpost to us, but he meant put it somewhere where I'm being reminded, okay? So let's read this together just to say at the core of my kids becoming what I want them to be, this is, this is at the core of what we need to be as a family. Hear, O Israel, read with me. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Why don't you go ahead and just stay standing.
And we're going to sing the song that we sang earlier, that shine a light. And I hope this is an encouragement. I just, I just want you to leave encouraged. Um, because if you felt defeated in this, and I'll tell you what, man, raising kids is not for sissies. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But I want you to be encouraged that God has built a team around you to help you. He's done it for me. I can't do it by myself. And I don't want you to feel alone either. So let's, let's sing this song about, man, what we can do as a tribe. Even in this city, I thought, the city's going to look at us and go, what the heck is going on in this place? All right? So let's sing to him. to another life no more sorrow and no more night you're the light let it shine now let it shine now burning bright cause we're not ashamed got a world to illuminate you're the light let it shine now let it shine now